Hello, and welcome to the What's Next podcast. My name is Liz Smith, owner of Liz Smith Law, and on this show, I share conversations to investigate building and leaving your legacy, estate planning for young families, supporting aging loved ones and parents, and other topics around aging, death, and other life transitions that will affect each of us. This is your source for hard-to-find resources in Southeast Alaska and beyond. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get each and every episode of our show. Welcome to the next episode of What's Next. With me as my guest today is Tracy Foster, and I am so excited to finally be able to speak with you. Thank you for coming. And Tracy, will you just introduce yourself and then we'll talk about where you work and and what you do there. Okay. Thanks, Liz, for having me. Um, My name is Tracy Vosser. I'm born and raised in Juneau, Alaska. I've spent most of my life here. Um, I started working with the Alaska Memorial Park and Mortuary as a family service coordinator, uh, originally in the beginning of 2004. Uh, Worked there most of 2004, then I left for another job. Um, and then eventually in 2008, the a new funeral director called and asked if I would come back and serve um, on an on-call basis. So I personally have my own little bookkeeping business that I run. And then the uh, when a, somebody wants to, I do pre-planning, I help families plan ahead. And so if a person calls the mortuary and wants to get information or to start that process, then they are given my phone number and they connect with me and then I meet with them and we uh, go through the process of what they're uh, getting them all set up for their end of life issues. Great. And I am so excited to have this conversation because I've learned, you know, in talking with clients, how they can help prepare. I always ask, do you want to be buried, cremated, composting is an option, but I have a big gap in my own knowledge about how, what if someone wants their body to go for research? Um, how do you move your body? Um, what if, what happens if someone doesn't plan um, ahead and then what are their options? Um, so that's why I'm excited to talk to you so I can help advise clients and, and get that information. And I'm really excited that you were willing to share this information with others on the podcast as well. Um, So big picture, Tracy, it's my understanding that there is only one funeral home here in Juneau. You said it's the Alaskan Memorial Park and Legacy Funeral Home. Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, and and there, there's two cemeteries. Well, there's a couple extras, but the, the main one is the Alaska Memorial Park and Mortuary. And then there's the Evergreen Cemetery downtown, which is currently full at this time. Um, and then they also have the Shrine of St. Therese that has a columbarium and um, for people that want to be cremated and, and placed out there. Uh, uh, the mortuary, we do have a crematorium, so we are able to do cremations and burials at the location here in Juneau. What is, let's just, let's start there. If someone, you said you deal mostly with pre-planning. Yes. So, so if someone wants to be buried, how do, and they want to arrange that before they die, how does that yes. work? So, okay, so. 
basically, when I meet with someone, one of my first questions is going to be, do you want burial or cremation? Um, because that kind of d- determines which path we're going down. Um, when I first started in this business, there were a lot more burials than there are today. I've noticed over the years, it's really changed. And we now have um, mostly uh Uh, direct cremations. And those are the ones that I help set up. Currently, the vehicle that we are using to do this pre-planning is a life insurance company that deals specifically in uh, funeral expenses. Um, That requires me to have a life insurance uh, license. And so currently, I'm the only person in in town that can do this, uh, write these uh, applications for people to apply for it. How about I talk, go through the process? Like if you were my client, what I would be yeah. asking you. Um, that sounds good. And let me let me just clarify too, because I think, you know, I ask clients, well, do you want to be buried, cremated? I am also asking about composting, which I know you don't do. But, um, and then if someone has a wish, then I prepare a disposition document, which you're probably familiar with that expresses, you know, what their wishes are. If you want to be buried and then what cemetery, or you want to be cremated and you want ashes at the shrine of St. Therese, or you want elsewhere, what are your wishes? Um, And I think what you're talking about with pre-planning is someone who wants to actually pay ahead for to carry out their wishes, which has all kinds of great advantages. And yes. I think that that's specifically where you're going. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens is um, when I get a client, uh, the first thing I'm going to find out is, are they planning a burial or a cremation? Um, and then that determines the path that we're going to take. So what I've seen over the years is I've seen families that planned ahead and then I've seen families that did not plan ahead. And in talking with these people, the outcome is so dramatic. Um, those that didn't plan ahead, it, it gets left to the family members or friends or community, depending on where that person is in life, um, to make the final decisions to um try and figure out what that person would have wanted. And I've had a lot of people come back to me and they're just like, you know, I, I don't have peace about the decisions I made because we never talked about this. And so I wasn't, I had to guess. So the biggest thing I see is, is communication is opening up an avenue where people are not afraid to discuss this issue of death and dying and final wishes because it's going to happen to all of us. Um, and so the more that we can talk about it and plan ahead, the better it is for the ones that have to deal with the aftermath. And um, my brother who died unexpectedly, he had for once listened to his big sister and he had a couple years ahead of time written down just on some legal yellow paper, he wrote down what he wanted. He wrote down what picture he wanted on his um, funeral program. He wrote down that he wanted to be cremated, where he wanted his cremains. Uh, He even had some scriptures he wanted read and some songs. You know, he 
just took a moment somewhere in time and wrote that down and I was able to find it. I held on to that thing like a lifeline that whole week while we were planning his his service. And at the end of it, I have total peace because I, I had the directions. So the planning can be as simple as how my brother did it by just writing it down on a note, uh, you know, piece of note paper and getting it someplace where people can find it when they need it. Um, my mother, she, they were, my parents had moved to Oregon and in 2017, she decided to make plans ahead for their uh, time. And they actually found a little cemetery that they bought and it was um, a bit unusual in that you get to do the digging yourself. It's most uh, cemeteries, they handle that. This particular one, they don't. So it was pretty interesting. But after I worked with her because this uh, insurance company that we use is actually, it's it's statewide, worldwide. It's, it's a big company. And they um, were using the same one at the mortuary that she was down there. So I was able to go through all the paperwork with her, the questions to explain everything. And then she went in and met with them and found all the paperwork. When she came out, she called me and she said, Tracy, I've never understood why you do what you do. She goes, I now understand. She goes, I cannot tell you the amount of weight that has lifted from my shoulders knowing everything is done. Um, and so that, um, uh, is kind of where I'm going with helping with families is this is can be stressful, but the more that we can talk about it, find out what's involved, make plans for it, the less stressful it is. Um, and the more that a family can interact and talk about these things, then the more prepared they are going to be for when that time comes. Um, when a person dies and then uh, the family meets with the funeral director, there's some paperwork that needs to be filled out, um, like the vital statistics form, because that is... Let me just take a a quick pause, because there is so much information. And um, I want to thank you for sharing about your family and what great stories um, with... And this might tie into to if we follow your brother when he died unexpectedly, you had instructions that he wanted to be cremated. Um, who was able to work with the funeral home and make sure that he did get cremated? Were you in that role? And was that an easy process or was was he married? What was the? Uh, no, he was uh, single. So he was. Um... Um, he actually died by suicide. So he was on the front Sorry. page of the paper for a while. It was the young man that jumped off the dock in 2008. The kind of funny part of that story is my sister used to work with the police department and I was currently working with the mortuary. And so when they found him, the police went to the more, you know, the mortuary folks and said, this is one of ours, treat him with, you know, extra respect and they just turned around and said no he's ours <laughs> so it was nice to know it was all being done with him I was able to because I was working at the mortuary at that time and I knew what all needed to be done I went in and met with the funeral director myself Joseph and 
filled out as much information as I could on the death certificates and um, uh, got all the paperwork together for my parents to come in and final. There is a progression of um, closeness that determines, uh, actually made a list, uh, your next of kin. So the next of kin is going to be the person or persons who are most closely related to the deceased. So it should be the children, the parents, and then you go to grandchildren, siblings, grandparents, and it goes down to all the way to second cousins. So and that's uh, where you look to decide who gets to make that decision, but only if during lifetime that individual didn't fill out their own disposition form, right? Correct. Is that where you're, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. So, um, so my parents finalized the paperwork and signed off because as parents, they had that right before uh, as a sibling. So I'm like four on the list and they were two. So, um, but that's kind of how they determine. So what happens is when you get a family that's never discussed this, that's sitting at the table and you have a mix of children's parents, grandparents, siblings, whatever, they all have to come into agreement. They have to decide, um, okay, this is where some family has never dis- discussed it. So one sibling's going to say, you know, mom always said she wanted to be buried. And then uh, someone else may say, oh no, she told me one time she wanted to be cremated. They have to come to a decision together and decide what is going to be done so that it can all the paperwork can be filled out completed with the funeral director and then they they just carry out what they decide that's where the lack of planning hits the families the hardest they are grieving they are grieving deeply the loss of a loved one and they're in a situation that they've never been in before sitting at a table with the funeral director saying i need all this information and we need it now. That is not the place in our time to be initiated into the world of what happens after someone dies, you know, um, and, and, and it's, it's hard. It's hard for them. And with the state of grief that they are in, they are not able to think clearly. So again, that makes it hard. And so that's where a lot of people walk off going, I have no idea if I just did the right thing or not, you know, and um, what I have found, like with the families that a lot of the families that uh, contact me and say, Tracy, we want to plan ahead. They just came out of a situation like that. They said, I never want to put my children through that. I do not want to put my family through that. It was so horrible. And so they have made the decision. I'm going to and now that I understand kind of what the process is, I want to do what I can now to make it easier. If they purchase the, the policy, the funeral policy, then at the time of need, the um, mortuary works directly with the insurance company. So the family doesn't even have to deal with that. It's paid. It's been paid in full. Um, let's say you were doing a direct cremation. Okay, it's paid in full. And say it was, you know, a few years down the road, and and currently right now, direct cremation's two thousand eight hundred. Say whatever happened, it's you know five thousand or something. Because once they pay it, it locks it in. The price is locked in. 
So there, the family does not have to pay the difference at the time of need. It's a done deal. Can we back back up even before that? And I'd love to walk through the decisions for someone, both burial and cremation. So let's say my husband and I come in, meet with you and say, you know, we'd really like to be buried um, okay. in Juneau. Mm-hmm. What would what in what questions would we have to answer at this point? So if you came in and you're like, I want to pre-plan and my, my options are the burial or the cremation. A direct cremation is a, a simple um, process where they will come and pick up the person and bring them to the mortuary. And then they would be cremated, placed into a temporary urn that a family member would then later pick up or um, or if we have to mail it somewhere or, you know, whatever the particular situation is. And how, uh, how long is that since we're going through if someone dies tomorrow and they have it all set up, it's very clear they want cremation. They've already paid for it. They've designated their agent. What's the timeline from when ashes would be ready to pick get picked up? That is going to vary on the schedule of the mortuary the volume of, uh, of uh, people that they're working with and um, whatever's going on on that end of it at that time. It, a direct cremation takes probably about three to five hours. So, um, but there's cooling and other things that need to happen. Um, and then so you're looking at a couple of days, I would say, give it a couple of days. That depends like, okay, if, if let's say our grandma, okay. So grandma is uh, in the pioneer hall and she passes. So um, if she came and, and we, we called the, the pioneer home would notify the family would know. And so either they or the fan or the family would notify the mortuary, the mortuary would then send out, the text, they would go and get grandma and take her back to the mortuary. At that time, if it was a pre-plan, they would let them know and then they would go pull her file and then they would work with the insurance company through that. One of the things that we do when we're pre-planning is we start completing out the vital statistics form and we also have a uh, cremation authorization form that they will have signed off on giving uh, authorization to the mortuary to cremate them. Those have to be done at the time. And so if, if it's not done by the, the uh, person themselves, then it would be done by a family member. Um, if they're going to go, if grandma wants to be buried, then we're going to need a plot of land. So she's going to have to get uh, work with the cemetery uh, or for the family. Um, and then they would get, you're going to be paying for your property, your endowment care, the internment fee, which is putting the body in. And there's also an outer burial container required. And that is because of uh, the water tables here in Southeast. Um, and it goes over the casket and keeps the ground from collapsing it. Um, so, and then you're going to need to get a casket um, and then uh, you're going to want to do a headstone 
Um, so it can be as simple as you want or as complicated as you want. The, um, you're going to be spending a lot more money on a burial than you would on a cremation. Um, and it doesn't and sound that, that simple. I mean, burial it, sounds like there's a lot of pieces to it. There's a lot of pieces. There really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's say she died in the middle of winter. Well, we can't bury until the summer. So she's going to be put in uh, refrigeration until that time. Um, Whereas a cremation can be done all year around, uh, but a burial cannot. And then we would have to wait and then coordinate with the families on that. And the families have to decide, you know, okay, now are we doing a service Where's the service going to be? Who's going to speak? I mean, there's so much. There's just a whole nother pile of decisions there for them uh, to make that if they haven't talked to someone, um, they're not going to know. So some of this information that they'll need at the time when they're sitting down with the funeral director, they're going to need some personal information, like their father's name, their mother's maiden name. And sorry, uh, this you, is if someone died, is someone is planning ahead? When, you, whenever anyone. Is, okay. So if someone this died. Is for, yeah, this is information for um, your vital stats and uh, which is give produces the death certificate. Um, so that uh, they'll need your level of education, your social security number. Uh, they have, you know, what was your main job? What, what uh, they have all these different questions that they ask. Uh, you're going to need immediate next of kin, any children, siblings, or other family names, addresses, cell phone numbers, email addresses, ways to contact them. Are they in affiliations? You know, are they in any fraternal organizations, service organizations, union memberships or special awards or recognitions? You're going to want all that information. Were they uh, military? Uh, You're going to need their military service, their branch, their rank, their DD-214. How many years of service, date of enlistment, date of discharge, names of war conflicts, turd, their serial number, SSN. Um, so that's a lot of information that most of us don't walk around having in our head and may not even know where to go locate that information. So by them, again, talking again with your family and loved ones, this is information you can write out and put. Let's say you're doing a will or a trust for somebody and they're just not ready to take that step. You can still gather the information and have it in their file so that when the family comes, they can grab that folder and they can take it with them to the mortuary and they can say, "Okay, here's we've got the information to answer the questions that you need us to answer so that we can get a death certificate. Um, And we include memorial instructions for all our clients. But if someone is pre-planning with you, do you gather that information as part of that process? I do. I start the vital statistics form and I uh, do a cremation authorization. If it's a cremation Um, as much paperwork as we can, we try to get done and have in their file um, so that at the time the funeral director can grab that file and then she can get going on stuff. So we're not sitting there having to ask every single question of the family um, and they don't, it, it just reduces the stress so much because 
It allows them to get on with the grieving process and to know that they are following their loved one's wishes and mm-hmm. and they kind of just get to ride along. You know, um, it cuts down some of the decision making that has to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could get really uh, detailed and say, I mean, it's your funeral. It's your last party. You know, how do you want it to be? Do you want a big church service? Do you got, want people go outside? Do you want to fly to Hawaii and have them scatter your ashes? You know, what do you want? Um, th- those are things to think about. Songs, scriptures, uh, poems, you know. what? I what, want to what is talk it? more about the, the service and how you can help with that. But I would like to circle back. You mentioned the prepaid cremation and that you lock in whatever the rate is at the time. Um, and then I'm sure with burial, you go through the expenses and figure out that and you can prepay. Correct. Uh, can you talk some more about, can someone prepay and as well as the cremation or burial, can they also add in money for the service itself? Yes, they can. Um, uh, they can pay for as much as they want to ahead of time or as little as they want to ahead of time. I also get a lot of families that have to spend down for Medicaid. Um, and so that's a, a, a lot of the people that I get, they're um, doing it to, as they prepare to go on Medicaid and stuff. But yeah, they can um, like, so you're going to be paying for the funeral home services. What about embalming? Let's say you, you want to go burial. Okay, now do you want to be embalmed? Do you want a public viewing or do you want a private family viewing? Um, to have a public uh, viewing, the body has to be embalmed. Um, so you're going to be adding a lot of uh, cost there. Are you going to have visitations at the, at the funeral home or do you want to go to another location and have the body brought there and then the people come and say their goodbyes? Um, do you want a graveside service? Um, and then, um, so then if you're going to be buried, then you've got to come up with your casket and uh, your outer container, your plot and all those items. And then you can also prepay, we call these non-guaranteed cash items because they're um, like your death certificates come from the state of Alaska. So we cannot control that cost. Um, So those ones are items that may change. Um, And so we have a guaranteed funeral goods and services, and then we have the non-guaranteed cash advance items is what we call them. And that would be like your death certificates, say you want to prepay, you know, put $200 to flowers or something, Uh, maybe a clergy honorarium, Uh, music. Do you want cosmetology services? You want someone to come in and do your hair and makeup? Um, And then... There's the grave opening and closing um, and getting the marker inscription done. Um, So there's a few other different items that 
are will not be locked in, but it would be um, the money is set aside. And so then you go and you're like, okay, grandma prepaid. And she gave us, she wants us to have three death certificates and, and some flowers. And the funeral home will say, okay, she paid $300 for flowers. So here's $300. Go get your flowers. Um, you know, we'll order the death certificates for you and pay that cost. Um, and then you, then you come back and say, oh, I need two more then those two more that were not prepaid would have to come out of pocket from the family member themselves. Does that all make sense? It does. And what happens if someone goes through this process, they want, we never know when we're going to die. And so someone um, wants to make things easier for the family and they do prepay and then they end up moving down South to an assisted living to be close to a child or something is it just a lost expense that they've put in or can their prepaid plan travel with them if they family didn't want to fly their body back to Juno? Yes. So most, uh, like I said, this company is statewide, worldwide. So they're most likely any location that you go to in the United States, you would be able to find a funeral home that uses this company and we can uh, transfer the it down to that funeral home and then they would uh pay the cost um so it is transferable and in southeast alaska we have a lot of small communities that do not have their own funeral homes what are what logistically if someone is in haynes skagway i assume petersburg lots of these communities what happens what options do they have uh, so we um, have a lot of families that come to us from those areas and they, you know, just the Southeast spirit, um, they can get kind of creative sometimes. We've had them um, brought over and pickups, you know, on the ferry, um, the plane systems, they can fly them over. Um, so they have a couple different options. Some people even just, you know, we're in a little community. Let's put grandma on the boat and we're going to Juno. You know, um, it's kind of however they can figure out the easiest way for each family to get here. But yeah, they're pretty, uh, pretty good at making it happen. I feel like this is a very Alaska answer that I would not get anywhere down <laughs> south because there's so many rules around a deceased body. So are I mean, if we're talking flying like Alaska Airlines from Petersburg, do they have, do you know what their rules are? Or um, I don't know the specific rules, but I do yeah. know that they are put in a specific uh, airtight container. There are, uh, we do have containers that have, they do have to use to uh, transport a body. Um, okay. And then the funeral home will meet the plane at um, the airport. And, and bring the body to the funeral home and stuff. Because that had um, been my understanding that if a body is being transported, that funeral homes do get involved. Um, so what if someone is in Juneau and going um, south, whether that's for composting, if they wanted to donate their body for research down south, um, do you, does a funeral home here in Juneau help coordinate Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. And and we've had like um, cruise ships 
passengers that will pass here and stuff. And then we have to get the body to the Philippines or Thailand or wherever, you know, whatever country they are. So it can get kind of complicated, but that is what the funeral home does is, is they work with the family to get the body um, ready to travel in a safe manner because it becomes hazardous waste after we die, the body starts uh, deteriorating. And so it, there are definitely laws and rules around that and how it needs to be contained when it's traveling. Is that something that someone should set up with you ahead of time? I'm, I'm still navigating the world of particularly for research. Um, mm-hmm. I, my, it seems that that's something that does, it's going to happen more likely if someone establishes ahead of time that they want to go to X university. Um, and I know you can arrange with that university, but is that something someone could work with you on ahead of time before they die? Um, I or, have not had anyone yeah. approach me about that personally, um, but that would be something that uh, definitely talking to the funeral director um, and asking her because she would know how to coordinate, you know, or help them call. So they would probably have to uh, connect with, uh, obviously, the location where the person would be going and, and find out what, what are their requirements mm-hmm. um, and then decide what's the best way to do it. What if someone 30 years ago wanted to be buried they changed their mind or vice versa. They wanted to be cremated. Can they ch- change their mind? What are the logistics? Um, they would need to. So if they wanted to be buried, then they would need to. And they prepaid. Is that what you're asking? If they already yeah. prepaid. Yeah, that uh, would have to. I believe you'd have to start over with a new one because once the dis- uh, disposition, burial, or cremation has been determined, it's illegal for us to change it. So it would have to be in- uh, done on the person's uh, authority and permission, and uh, we would have to rewrite, do another one. Um, and like I said, I haven't done one of those. I imagine there would probably be able to transfer, uh, you know, portions of it over and just rewrite some of your paperwork. Um, okay. Get it legal so that there's no questions at the time of need. Mm-hmm. And what you had started earlier talking about the some of the serve thinking about memorial services and what how is the funeral home able to help a family plan for services? Um, Well, they will kind of go down uh, when you're sitting at the table, they're going to, you know, they're going to start dealing with disposition, burial, cremation, and then they'll have done those paths. And then as they go, they're going to be like, what are are we going to be doing a viewing or a visitation? Um, um, We're going to be asking them, what is it you want? What is it you're trying to do? Um, and working with them. Um, some people like they might have a church that they grow up. And so then they're like, you know, I want to have a service at my church. And then they could arrange with the uh, uh, funeral home to provide the transportation and bring the body over to the church and then pick it up afterwards and stuff like that. So it's kind of, um, 
we kind of pretty much expect that people will have an idea of what they want. Um, and then we can help guide them as they navigate how to get to that, make that real. So, yeah. Okay. Are there a few things that people, I know you deal mostly with the pre-planning, but, um, what are like the top three things that families get asked to make decisions on that might surprise us the most? Is there anything we haven't covered? Clothing. Mm -hmm. What do you want grandma to wear? Does grandma have something? What about her glasses? Does she want to keep her glasses or do we want to donate them? What does she have jewelry is if she has a wedding ring, is she to be buried with the wedding ring or is that to go to a, a grandchild or sibling or, or someone? The pallbearers and officiants that they want to be involved in the ceremony. Um, so that's going to be asking them to look at their around with their family and friends and decide who's going to be a part of it. Their music and readings um, and what do they want to do? Clothing is a one that really does surprise people because we don't think about those things because we're just so used to it. And so those really do can catch a person off guard, you know, when they're being asked that because we're like, well, whoever thought about grandma's glasses, you know, um, but the, there's, you know, organizations you can donate them to or maybe a family member wanted them. Um, so and there may be specific things that they want to be wearing. Uh, when they are buried. Um, and so those things have to be found, brought, items need to be added or removed, you know, rings either removed or added. Um, also, we're going to ask if it's a cremation, are there any, is there any metal in the body? Have you had surgeries um, like uh, hip surgery or knee surgery? Is there a pacemaker? pacemaker would need to be removed. Um, so there's some things that uh, they will need to ask that um, people are going to need to know a little bit of their medical history enough to answer those questions. I could imagine that it could be challenging for some individuals. Um, yes. And, you and, yeah. You're grieving. You're, gr you're still trying to deal with, and a lot of times, it's because it, sometimes we kind of know when, some, when someone's life is ending. Sometimes we don't. Those are the hardest ones. And I'm thinking come. about someone that dies and they don't have family that might have answers yes. to those questions. Obituary. That can be hard for the family as well. Writing out. Yes. And deciding what to say, who to notify is something I think about as well. You know, if um, helping our clients put together some of their, you know, list of maybe college roommates or friends that the, the kids might not know about if there are kids. Um, do you have some guidance that, do you have resources that if someone is is going through the process after someone dies to help them think through to figure out how do you get an obituary to the paper, what papers? Yes. And we do have that information. Um, and a lot now, too, is online. Um, a lot of the obituaries. But of course, there's a Juno Empire here at Juno. Um, and they we have a little uh, handout that 
they're going to get a lot of information uh, at the time of need. And one of the things is um, is about the obituaries. So they have a, a obituary guidelines. It's like a two page thing uh, where they kind of help give some ideas and stuff. Again, if you're if you do get into the planning mode. A gift to your family would be to get that started because uh, there's so much uh, that happens in one's life that not everybody knows. And and so it's kind of up to you. What do you want? What do you want your last uh, words to be or your last uh, memories for people to remember you by? Um, Those are things that would go into your obituary. Um, So they're pretty good at. providing some information and they have it also on their website um, and I'll email you a link to that. Great. Um, the other thing that they have in it is the um, uh, certified copies of the death certificate. They have a list for what you might need. There's also a checklist of things that may need to be done. Contacting your attorney if needed for the probate and the wills. Contact the banks for account purposes, changes, mortgage. You're changing automobile automobile titles and registrations. Your life insurance companies, brokers, unions, retirement plans, uh, credit card companies, employers, schools, uh, utilities. So there's, it, there's just so much that's involved. So we've to kind of put together a few little checklists that they will get in their packet um, to give them some ideas of what they need to be doing, which I think in your, when you're working with them, you're also providing a lot of that information, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some of it ahead of time and then some of it for clients that come to us post, post death. They'll need to decide uh, also, uh, you know, if they're going to have their final disposition, then they need to choose that cemetery, select the uh, burial plot or mausoleum, select a a memorial or grave marker and inscription. What do they want on written on that marker? Um, And then if you're cremated, decide who's going to keep your urn. Uh, we do provide a temporary urn, which m- most people use if they're going to be scattering ashes. Um, and then you will decide who's going to scatter your ashes and where, you know, if you have a specific spot. Um, some families like to have an urn that they keep, that they keep in the family. So then that's where you would be purchasing an urn or creating your own urn. What are um, some of the most creative urns that you've seen? There, um, there's a lot of talented artists in, the, <clears throat> in this town. And um, I think some of the, the native people have some great artistic work and uh, uh, carving boxes and stuff to hold ashes in that are just really gorgeous. Um, they also have, um, you can get a thumbprint made in glass. You could get jewelry to keep ashes in. They have um, little uh, paperweights that they can take the creamings and they make these beautiful, colorful artwork. I mean, it's 
kind of crazy what all they can do with your cremains. So it's pretty much whatever you can think of (laughs) and what works for your family. Like my mom, just, she had a favorite little flowered box. So that's what we put her in, you know, Um, I have some clients that are choosing the, there's a service that you can have ashes set off into space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's always, there's always something new. I mean, everybody are coming up with new ideas. They have, um, I'm not sure what it's like biodegradable paper, um, things that will hold the ashes and then you can lay it into the lake or the ocean or whatever, and it will float off. And then it, it absorbs into the, the water that it all is dissolvable. Um, so there's different things because that's something you want to think about. If you're scattering someone's ashes and it's a windy day, there's some things you want to be real careful about. Um, always spread low. Don't be doing it higher. You're going to be wearing grandma. So uh, there's some things you got to think about. Uh, and you really won't know until you get in the middle of it. And then you'll be like, okay, probably wasn't the best idea. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Tracy, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And as we start to wrap up, this this could be more of a personal question, or maybe it'll tie right into what we've been talking about. But I do always ask guests if they have a tip on any life transition that they would want to share with our audience. I think my biggest tip would be communication. Communicate with your family and your loved ones, friends, um, what your wishes are. Um, I just recently got my will done finally um, and decided after sharing with everybody, I should probably do the same myself. So I have all my notes and have notified my family what my wishes are so that when it comes, they don't even have to worry about those things because it's already all decided and and can just be put into motion. But the more that you can talk about it, just, um, and you know, have fun with it because it's, it's going to happen and life is really hard. But when we learn to be able to laugh during the hard times, that's where the healing comes and, um, things are going to go wrong. They always will go wrong. And so we have a choice to either laugh at it or fall apart. So some of your best memories will actually be the major mishaps along the way. Um, But I think by opening that door, being able to uh, talk to people about it and just get some ideas going so that when that time comes and you're needing to help that loved one uh, say goodbye, you have peace knowing that you are doing what they wanted. And that is the greatest gift that you can give your family um, so that they are not having to struggle with it or wonder if they ever made the right choice or not. Yeah. Thank you for that. How do people find you if they are ready to start pre-planning? Uh, What they would do is they would call the Alaska Memorial Park and Mortuary, and their number is 907-789-0611. And they just let them know that they want to do pre-planning, and then 
the more to their, they will pass on my number to them uh, or they will contact me and have me contact them. So get in touch okay. that way. Um, and, and so a phone call is the best way to reach the mortuary. Here yes. In June. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and Shanda Walker is our current funeral director. So uh, that would be a person that you could speak to also. And she's here in Juneau. She is here in Juneau. Okay. Yes. Any last thoughts you want to share? We'll link to some of the resources you mentioned. I'll link to legacy funeral homes. Yeah, I'll I'll send you that. Um, yeah, so I just say communicate. Um, you know, I, I think as a community, it would be good if we could, you know, get this information that you're gathering and putting out there. Um, maybe have a town hall meeting or some sort of meetings or something where people can come and get this information in person. Um, we do have like some booklets on how to plan a funeral or how to plan uh, your cremation. So there is, you know, a lot of information that is available um, that could give them a starting point to even see what is involved, you know, and and what what do we need to know and, and how can we make this uh, go best for the family and loved ones. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's all for this week. You can find show notes for this show and prior episodes and future episodes at lizsmithlaw.com. And if you're interested in scheduling a meeting with us to find out what your next step would be for your estate planning, visit us at bit.ly slash mygiftfromlsl. Again, that's bit.ly slash mygiftfromlsl. Or find the link at lizsmithlaw.com. We look forward to seeing you again right here, same place, same time, two weeks from now. Thank you so much.